It's the Monday Wrap with my dad, Pastor Mark. Well, hello everyone. This is Pastor Mark and I want to try something here. I want to do something that I'm going to call the Monday Wrap. Every Monday, I'm going to do a five to ten minute summary of my previous Sunday's message and send it out to those on my distribution list just to give you a wrap up of what we talked about. We'll see how this goes. If it goes well, we'll continue it. If it doesn't, we will try something new. But this past Sunday, as most of you know, was my first Sunday at my new church, Jerusalem Chapel United Brethren Church. And my the title of my message was A Pastor's Heart. And it was based on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. So let's read that passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Paul writes these words, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You know, when you're the new pastor of a church, people kind of look at you askance. They want to know, hey, what's this new guy's commitments? What is he passionate about? How is he going to lead our church? And as I was thinking about that, preparing for my first Sunday, God led me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-5, through 5, because right there, Paul shows us his heart, and he says, hey, folks, This is what's important to me. And I thought, hey, if that's what's important to Paul, that's what needs to be important to me. And as I looked at Paul's list in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1-5, through I realized those are the things that are important to me as well. So I want to go through those real quick. Paul says that in verse 1 that it's important to be a person of humility. Paul says, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. In other words, he says that when he came teaching and leading the people of Corinth, he didn't come with his chest puffed out or trying to impress anyone with his intelligence, the way he carried himself or the way he spoke. He just came in the name of Christ. He came as Paul in humility and in meekness. And folks, that's what I want to do as the pastor of my new church. I want to come as Mark. I want to just come as the guy who grew up only about a quarter of a mile from the church. I want to come knowing who I am. I want to come knowing who I am not. And I most importantly want to come knowing who Christ is. I'm not going to be perfect in the way that I'm the outworking of my humility, obviously, right? No one's perfect. Paul wasn't perfect. But humility is my goal, just as it was for Paul. I want to come not with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaim the testimony about God. Paul also says in verse 2 that it's important, number 2, to focus intently on Christ and the gospel. Again, he says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul was not in the business of boasting about himself, teaching tidbits of secular or worldly wisdom, or simply telling stories about faith, spirituality, and experience. 
To the contrary, he was dead set and focused on the gospel message, on preaching about Christ and him crucified, on telling others about Christ's death on the cross that saved all mankind for all time. And folks, that's what I want to do as well. I don't, I don't want to get pulled down the road of political sermonizing. I don't want to become a, gospel, a social gospelizer. And I do not want to waste my time with cultural moralizing. As your pastor, as the pastor of my church, I see my job as bringing the saving truth of the gospel to the lost and dying in our world and the sanctifying truth of the gospel to those of us who already know Christ so that we can grow in our faith and become more like him. Okay? Well, okay, so verse 1, Paul says it's important to be a person of humility. Verse 2, he says it's important to focus intently on Christ and the gospel. Verse 3, he says it's important to strive for authenticity. Paul declared, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Do you notice here that Paul admits to two things that it's nearly impossible for most of us to admit to? And that is, number one, that he's weak. And number two, that he's scared. Paul says to the believers in Corinth that he came to them not as a conquering hero, but as a man rife with, politi- with personal weaknesses, faults, and failures. And because of this, he came with fear, concern, and doubt. Not doubt in God, but doubt in himself and most likely uh, his ability to carry out the calling God had for him. And by admitting all of this to the believers in Corinth, Paul shows us his heart of authenticity. His desire to be real with the people he's shepherding. That's the posture I want to have as well. I don't come as someone who wants to delude you into believing that I'm perfect or refined, that I've some, in some way arrived. I come to you as a man with weaknesses, with failures, faults, and yeah, and maybe even a little self-doubt. Like Paul, I want to be real. I want to be authentic. I'm just like everyone else. Yeah, I'm called to lead Jerusalem Chapel, but that in no way means I've somehow figured life out that I have all the answers or that I'm in some way further along the sanctification spectrum than everyone else. No, I come to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. Authentically, me. Fourthly, in verse 4, Paul says it's important to avoid haughty speech. Once more, the words of Paul, my message, he says, and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Paul was a man of learning. He calls himself a Pharisee of Pharisees. So he could have bowled over the people of Corinth with high theological, theological treatises and big words and complex concepts and the, the arrogance of education. But he didn't do that. His teaching was not worldly wise or intentionally persuasive or manipulative. He didn't put on an act or try to impress anyone. He simply, as we've said before, presented himself as a regular guy, which he was, we all are, and preached the gospel message, not by his own power, but in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, that's my goal. Now, God has blessed me, there's no doubt, with a lot of formal education. He's blessed me with a lot of life and professional experiences, a lot of time with some very intelligent people, and a lot of mentorship from some great leaders. But none of this means all that much to me. I don't, I don't think it makes me better than anyone else, or smarter than anyone else, or more experienced than anyone else. All it means 
is that God has given me a set of particular opportunities that I hope give me some insights into his word that will make it more meaningful for me and as I teach it, maybe a little more meaningful for others. But like Paul, I have no desire to think highly of myself or to try to speak in a way that is meant to impress or manipulate. In fact, there's no place for haughtiness or manipulation in God's kingdom or God's work. So I purpose to let that junk go a long time ago. So when I teach God's word, I will do so in a way that best communicates it and in a way that best challenges us to grow in our faith, not in a way to try to impress. And I purpose to do it, not with any power I conjure up, but through the power of the Spirit. So why all of these things in Paul's list? Why is it important for him to be humble and authentic and not haughty and to preach the simple gospel message? Well, verse 5 tells us why, and that is this. In order to get out of the way so that God's wisdom and ways are supreme and the Spirit can move. Paul writes, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And then he goes on to say this, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. That word or that phrase, so that is important in scripture. Paul uses it a lot and it tells us the reasons why he's just told us the things he's told us. Paul is good about giving us the reasons behind his admonitions. And right here he tells us all of these things, not being haughty, being authentic, being humble, focusing on Christ. These things are important so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You see, Paul strove to live his life with humility, authenticity, non-haughtiness, if you will, and a focus on the gospel because he knew that by doing so, he'd let the Spirit of God shine through him. That is to say, by living his life this way, he would get out of the way of God and let God do what God does best, and that is change lives. And that, folks, is what I want to do. I want to live my life like Paul did, so that I'm not in the way when God comes to do great work at Jerusalem Chapel United Brethren Church. I believe that Jerusalem Chapel is poised for great things. I believe that Jerusalem Chapel may be a remnant of God's people in a lost and dying world. And if that's the case, I don't want to get in the way when God comes to build that remnant up and use that remnant as a springboard for revival. So here's what I purpose to do. Live my life with humility. Focus on Jesus Christ. Be authentic with you and others. And not speak in any haughty or manipulative way. But you know what, folks? Like we said Sunday, this passage is just not for Paul and me as the new pastor of a church. It's for you as well. If you want God's Spirit to rule and reign in your life, if you want the Spirit to move in your workplace, your family, your sports team, your school, your neighborhood, your church, or anywhere else, you've got to live a life of humility and authenticity. You've got to put haughtiness in the rearview mirror. You've got to focus your life on Christ. You've got to check your heart. And so the challenge this past Sunday for all of us was to ask the question, where is your heart? 
Do you have a heart of humility or pride? Do you have a heart of authenticity or deceit? Are you haughty in how you interact with others or you just speak to others like you're on their level? And is your life focused on the things of this world or on the things of God? Or alternatively, we said you could ask this question, are you getting out of the way so God can move in your life? So what do you say, folks? Where's your heart? I know where Paul's heart was. I know where I want my heart to be. Now let's each of us ask that question and answer it truthfully. If we do, and we get our hearts right, there's nothing God can't do with and through us. And there's nothing we can't do to build his kingdom and to spread the gospel message to the world. Well, folks, that's the wrap for today. I hope uh, this is meaningful to you. I hope it helps you review our sermon from Sunday. And I'll see you next week. God bless. Have a great week. Join us next week for the Monday Wrap with my dad.